thinks that they're all wrong One's American and one is an Aussie Talking about StarCraft 2 and the eSports scene No need for that, but okay <laughs> I know Alright, so I am so very, very, very happy that Game of Thrones is back. 18 months is too wait, too long to wait between seasons. Do you want to race that again? Eh, whatever. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I just sat down in front of my projector and I just, I, I missed it a lot. I missed the memes. I missed the recaps. I missed the show. I missed the relationships in the show. And yeah, I'm just very, very happy that it's back in my life, if only for six episodes. Hmm. Yes. And apparently you lost interest in season five. About that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We've talked about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, I guess I, I can talk about some of the stuff that I like and you'll have some context for it. Sure. I mean, I know what happens. Oh, okay. So, what? How do you keep up with the show? Uh, other people talk about it. <laughs> I mean, in person? Are you watching YouTube videos? Are you talking to me? A bit of both. Okay. A little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, and probably a lot of column C. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. So yeah, basically, this was just the reunion episode. There are people who haven't seen each other since season one, others who haven't seen each other since season two or season three. And yeah, so the John and Arya reunion, I tweeted out that I teared up a little or maybe a lot, but uh, it was just so good to have those two back together because they are not actually siblings, as we learned in this episode, but... I don't know. They're just two people that kind of feel out of place in their world and bonded over that when they were younger. And Jon Snow bought Arya Needle. And she was so happy about it because she thought she'd be consigned to a life of knitting and sitting around a fire hearing other people talk. But I kind of feel like that worked out for her, her life anyway, because now she's traveling around, killing people, avenging Stark deaths and all that stuff. And Ah, if only little Arya could see big Arya now, she would be so very, very happy. <laughs> I mean... Uh, okay, so I, I, I have vague context, but essentially Arya's kind of turning into, like, the man with many faces or whatever. Yeah, she's a faceless man. Faceless woman, I guess they would officially call it. Yeah. Yeah, that's never really been explained. I mean, she signs up for the House of Black and White with Jakan Hakar and the Waif to basically learn how to be an awesome assassin. Hmm. And they're like, you have to forget who you are. You need to let go of Arya. You need to become nobody. Hmm. And she eventually is just like, screw you guys. Teach me all your ways. And I'm staying Arya. And they were like, we're really mad about that. But like, they still taught her all this stuff, I guess. <laughs> that's not shown on the show. There is no point where they're like, and this is how you be a faceless person. She just knows. I don't know how this works. Okay. Because uh, I, I, I was going to ask, is that still Arya? Like, is... Oh. <laughs> oh. Right. Well, not, not as in as that's a different person, but she has just basically, no. like, left it behind. Right. 
Yeah, see, that's kind of what I was feeling last season, especially towards the end of the season. She was kind of roboting it. She was being Bran a little bit, just no personality, doesn't care about the family necessarily. She has this weird interaction with Sansa last season where it's like, she's your sister, stupid. Like, <laughs> I know you didn't get along when you were kids, but like, can we give her a benefit of the doubt? Just not really, um, not really showing the familiar relationships that Arya should have. Mm. But this season, much better. She is basically herself with Jon. She has some good moments with Sansa. She hangs out with Gendry and the Hound a little bit. And it's like, okay, so she's not just a faceless. She's developed who she is. The other thing is, last season, she wiped out the Frey household. So <laughs> she just killed Walder Frey and his sons and everybody in the entire family because of the Red Wedding. Mm-hmm. And I, the faceless person doesn't do that. If you hire a faceless to wipe out the Frey family, yeah, they do it. But they don't do it for their own purposes. Right. So at the very least, Arya is, has revenge in mind and avenging the Stark family and the people that she cares about. So I think in that way, at the very least, she's not just a faceless. And I don't, I don't know. I just think that the interactions that she has with Jon uh, by the tree, she's Arya. She is. I don't know how. I don't know how she managed to get all of the training without leaving herself behind because they knew. There are scenes where she's training with Jaka, uh, Jah- mm, Jakar. Jakan Hakar, Jakan Hakar. Anyway, names are hard, especially his. And um, it, <laughs> and she's like, I don't know. I don't have anything that I left behind. And he's like, you're lying, stupid. I can read your mind. So they know. They know that she kept Needle around before she went into training. They know that she has fond feelings for people in her life. And they apparently still trained her anyway and then kicked her out. So that doesn't make any sense. It's not explained. I can't think about it too much. Mm, okay. Yep. Katari and John. Uh, the Sam and John reunion was really nice. It was good. Those guys are best friends. I think John, his best advisor in the whole world is probably Sam, and he hasn't seen him since he sent him to Old Town back in God, like season six or something. He's like, go figure out how to stop the Night King. I'll be doing stuff. You read books. And Sam's like, deal. This sounds great. That was a while ago. Okay. And so they're finally meeting up for the first time. And <laughs> Sam, in the meantime, has figured out that John is actually the son of Lyanna Stark and Rhaegar Targaryen. And he has a claim to the throne as long as you're following the Targaryen line of succession. Mm-hmm. And at no point is he like, and by the way, you're having sex with your aunt, which I think is maybe something you possibly should have brought up. But maybe he felt awkward about it, which I can also understand. Maybe. Yeah. <sighs> So that was fun. Uh, Sam also, I'm annoyed at Sam a bit for this thing uh, because, so his context for this is basically, John, you're the rightful king of Westeros. And I'm like, what? But no, 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 that's not how anything works. That's not how any of this works. The rightful king of Westeros is whoever has the biggest army and overthrows the current power. And then if that power can stay in power, then there's a line of succession. But the Targaryens got overthrown. The Mad King got killed and his family got exiled. And so for him to be like, the Targaryens are the rightful rules of Westeros, well, they wandered over from Essos forever ago and took over whatever was going on then. So it's just like, there is no claim to the throne here through the Targaryen line. I know that Danny says she has one, but all rulers who seek to conquer a new land say they have a rightful, rightful claim to the throne through some succession or another, especially in the land of Game of Thrones. But it just bothers me that Sam was harping so hard on that. Because it doesn't matter, one, the Night King is coming. He's going to kill everybody who's alive, no matter who happens to be the king at the time. 
Uh, and number two, John says that. John says it more than once. I don't want to be king in the north. I don't want to be king of everything. This doesn't matter. It's not me. We need to stop the night king. Can we stop squabbling about this? And the person who knows the best in all the world is like, you should be king, John. It's your right. Will Danny give it up for you because you let her be queen and maybe now it's your turn? And I'm like, this is so pointless. Uh, and rant. Okay, so... The Targaryens seem to have a better baseline for right to the throne more than anyone else because of their magical abilities. Um, they're dragons. Yeah. It's yeah. their dragons. Yeah. Well, they're dragons they're not... and like immunity to fire, right? Like That's a pretty good magical superpower to have. It's right. a parlor trick. <laughs> it's a bit of both. Right? You can't conquer lands because you're immune to fire. Uh, it helps. Does it? Yeah. Ever seen a keep Ex- burned down with you inside? <laughs> right? Yeah, sure. And then all your help is dead, and it's like, we'll put you in a jail, I guess. Congratulations, you're not dead. No, but if you have also have fire-breathing animals, right? Yeah. At, like, once upon a time, you had, I assume, dozens of them, not two, right? Yep, sure yeah. did. Yeah. Well, maybe not dozens, but more than two. Mm-hmm. It's not really explained at any given point how many they had at one time. No. No. So I think that gives them, like, a a sense that they should be kings and queens more, right? Like, oh, we have this mysterious tether to a magical creature, right? That's our divine right to rule. That's God saying, we get to rule over bears and wolves and lions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right, right. Yeah, no, I get it. I mean, but it really comes down to the Targaryens have dragons. If you don't have the dragons, it doesn't matter how fireproof you are or how much you have some divine right to rule. If you don't have the dragons, you don't beat the armies of the established power in Westeros and take over. You don't. I it's wonder, all dragons. It's all power. I wonder if a Targaryen can go through wildfire. Does that count? I don't know. Danny should maybe try it for science. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she's about to sign up for it, though. No, no, I don't think she would. I mean, wildfire is magic fire, so it's not traditional fire, nor dragon fire. No. Dragon fire is different from regular fire, too, in that it burns hotter. So, I don't know, there's different kinds in this world. Mm. I don't know that being Targaryen makes you immune to any of them. And honestly, the way Martin wrote the books, Targaryens aren't immune to fire. Danny's not immune to fire. She did it this one time when her baby dragons hatched, but, like, never again and never before that. So, this is basically a show thing that she is fireproof. Right. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, poor John. I mean, in fairness, John had also just recently been told that his father, who he is scared of, and his brother, whom he loves, are dead because Danny burned them alive. Uh, in a really fantastic scene, like Danny and Jorah come down, and Danny's like, "Thanks for saving Jorah from the uh, the grayscale. That was really awesome. What do you want?" And good old Sam's like, "Well." I kind of checked out some books from the Old Town Library, and uh, I, I didn't take them back, so I might need your help getting some forgiveness from the library. And I'm like, oh, Sam, you're the greatest. <laughs> I, need, <laughs> I need your help with my overdue library books. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. Like, Thank you for saving my trusted <laughs> advisor. I am Queen Daenerys. I have all this power. What do you want? And he's like, I need like 10 bucks for library fines. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And, oh, I can't remember now, but the name of his dad shows comes up. Mm. And uh, she's like, uh, 
Randall Tarly? And Sam's like, yeah, that's my dad. And she's like, um, so there was <laughs> this thing that happened. And <laughs> I told them to either, they could, like, join up or they would die. And he he didn't want to join up. And mm-hmm. Sam's like, oh, well, hmm, I have a complicated relationship with my dad. He literally tried to kill me once and then sent me to the wall. Mm-hmm. And threatened my life and the life of Gilly, the woman that I love, and our child. But, boy, I kind of feel bad that he's dead. And I'm like, Sam, you're the most pure person on the whole <laughs> continent of Westeros. How are you feeling sad about this? Your dad wants everything that you love and you to be dead. Is his Gilly's child the one from the guy in the hut beyond the wall? Yep, Crasher's Keep. Crass. It's not Sam's kid. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing. Sam, yeah. like, totally has adopted this kid. I, he's just... Sam's amazing. Well, and so then the follow-up is even better. Sam's like, well, at least my brother's in charge. I can go home again because he likes me. And Danny's face is just like, ah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> and to her credit, she's straight up about it. She's just like, your brother stood with your father. And Sam's like... Okay, and it's it's some of the best acting in the whole episode. He has this combination of like extreme sorrow and sadness, and like he's really mad at Daenerys, but he can't really say anything about it because she's in charge. Oh, poor Sam, heart breaks for Sam. That might be why he wants John to rule so he can have Daenerys put down. And that's the follow up, right? Almost immediately after that. He, like, goes to find John, and he's like, hey, here's this thing. <laughs> so the order in which he tells John this information is thusly. Number one, Lyanna Stark is your mother. Now, at this point, John still thinks that Ned Stark is his dad. So basically, Sam's like, well, your dad had sex with his sister, and that's you. <laughs> so he goes, Lyanna Stark... <laughs> your mother and John's like what (laughs) and then he goes oh and Rhaegar Targaryen's your father and it's like ah you probably should have leveled with that Sam come on man get your order of operations correct here (laughs) Uh, that's funny it was great so John's like oh this is crazy I don't believe you and Sam's like I read a book and Bran did the thing that Bran does whatever the crap that is hmm it was fantastic. And at no point, again, does Sam say, and by the way, Daenerys is your aunt. So maybe be careful um, with your relationships from now on. Hmm. Okay. Who's Daenerys' parents again? The Mad King. The Mad, the Mad King. King that, that yeah. Jamie killed at King's Landing. The one who wanted yeah. to burn the whole city down with wildfire. So Jamie killed him and got the name Kingslayer. Right. That's her father. Who's her mother? I don't know. Or is it, it's irrelevant. Oh. No, 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 it is. So after the Mad King died, uh, Daenerys' mother was pregnant with Daenerys, and they fled to Essos. Right. They left Westeros because Tywin was coming, and he was sacking the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, so she gave birth to Daenerys as they were fleeing, like in a huge storm, which is why Daenerys' is mm-hmm. one of her titles is Stormborn. Stormborn, yeah. So that's okay. where her mother died, giving birth to her. So she never knew her mother or her father. Okay. Um, but Jamie just showed up in Winterfell, and that's going to be an interesting conversation. Like, you're the man that killed my dad. Sup? How's it going? I have two dragons. Yeah, I think she'll understand uh, the Mad King was 
a mad guy, right? Like, well, but based on what he says, Jamie's like, your dad was going to kill everyone. So that's why I killed him. It's like, do we have any corroboration on this story? Literally, no. uh, literally ask anyone who was in the King's Landing at the time. But right? nobody knows that story. Everybody thinks that Jamie killed the king for no reason. Uh, wiped him out right. because Tywin was marching on the city and he wanted to be on the winning side. Hmm. That's why everyone hates Jamie and this Kingslayer title is so bad. Is because nobody knows that story. He didn't tell anybody until he told Brienne in like season four. Hmm. And even then, like it's just his word. He didn't have any corroboration, no evidence of that. Sure. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Sam will read it in a book. Right. Well, there's going to be <laughs> books, and then we have Bran, who's Wikipedia. Yeah. And has no social skills whatsoever. He can be like. Yeah, I mean, I know this guy pushed me out a window. I don't care because I don't consider myself Bran anymore. And in addition, I did see this happen. I went into the past with my green-seeing powers. And yes, the Mad King was mad. And Jamie stopped him to save everybody's lives in King's Landing. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you're like, well, do we believe the autistic kid? <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. If you go back and watch episode, like the first episode, the kid that plays Bran grew up and looks very different between seasons yeah. one and season eight. And it's my belief that at some point he looks so different and doesn't know how to act anymore that that's why they dramatically changed his role so he doesn't have to. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we didn't want to make you have no personality, but you gave us no choice, young boy. Mm. You have no acting skills at all. Because from what I understand, the books basically have Bran is heading north. Uh, to find whatever the three-eyed raven is. The three-eyed raven, yeah. And then that's it. <laughs> like, the books yeah. haven't written anymore, so the show writers were just like, well, <laughs> well, we gotta do something. I guess Bran found him and got trained to be the new three-eyed raven, and um, <laughs> he has no social skills. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's how that works. <laughs> One of my friends actually has the theory that... So the original three-eyed raven, Max von Sydow, by the way, fantastic actor... He had social skills. He could talk to people. He could be like, I understand this information is going to be weird for you. Let me couch it in a human way. And Bran does not have any of these skills, despite the fact that he is now the Three-Eyed Raven. And my friend has the theory that Max von Sydow's Raven has had the ability to like download and process through all of the information that he has access to through the decades that he's been the Raven, because he's like 80. Mm. And Bran is just like overwhelmed with everything that he knows and all the information he has access to and has no room for being a regular human being right now and he'll get better maybe yeah that's his headcanon i don't know i kind of like it it's a decent explanation anyway i think it's a good theory i don't think brand's gonna live long enough to do it oh interesting think i Brand's going to die the dude can't walk and you have Ooh. an army of like zombies heading towards the keep right Yep, like, sure do. The people who can't run away are the people who die first. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, maybe not first. The people actively defending are okay. the ones who die first. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I do. I do know what you mean. But I mean, also, he's a Stark. So, like, uh, the, the people in charge want to keep him alive because family? Um, sure, Maybe. But I think he, at some point, he will become a person and he will be like, I can take over animals. I'm a warg or whatever. Yeah. And then be like, they have a giant undead dragon. I'm going to try and mind meld with it. 
and then he has to yeah. stick around for a bit, and then that's going to kill him. Yeah, I mean, that's been a major theory, is that he's going to mind meld with Viserion, the undead flying dragon the Night King has now. Mm-hmm. So, that could be cool. Um, so anyway, Bran at this point is just basically staring awkwardly at people and saying stuff like, the Night King is on its way, let's stop, have, let's stop this petty squabbling, please. But mm-hmm. the interesting thing about the episode is, almost at the very beginning, it's Sansa and Danny meet, and they're kind of having this, like, well, you know, you're in charge, I guess. You, you're new here, and I hate you, says Sansa. And Danny's like, if you don't bend the knee, I'm going to burn you alive. There's all this subtext <laughs> going on. Right. And Bran just interrupts and goes, hey, your dragon got murdered and raised as an undead dragon. He knocked down the wall, and the Night King is coming here right now. We don't have time for any of this. Mm-hmm. And then they spend the rest of the episode, everybody worrying about all the stuff that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There, one guy, Gendry. Gendry, everybody's favorite blacksmith and Ari's crush, is making dragon glass weaponry for people to use during the battle. Everybody else, talking about succession, talking about who's in charge. Johnny and Danny go on a whole new world adventure to fly out and find a romantic waterfall to make out under. It's crazy how much nobody is preparing. Did uh, you watch that behind-the-scenes video I linked? No. Okay. So basically, the they flew out to Iceland for that shot. Wow. Wow, for that one <laughs> shot. Yeah, they got there, <laughs> and they're, they're in this like beautiful Icelandic scenery, right? Like, standing next to the frozen river. They got yeah. art, The art department's, like, making, like, this dragon... A nest where there's like just bones everywhere and then the director goes hmm i think we need a waterfall and so they had them do it in front of a green screen in iceland <laughs> out on the field <laughs> that's fantastic it's an amazing waterfall i don't know where they like green screened it in from or anything but mm. it was cool yeah well, yeah well and like john and daenerys have this moment where danny's like we should stay here forever and it's like dude we are trying to save the whole world from the night king you idiot <laughs> and john's like yeah that sounds great you are also stupid everyone is dumb okay so, so i just i just feel like the season's gonna be like humanity spends all its time with petty squabblings and infighting and murders and betrayals and revenge and no one gets along and even in the face of a life ending emergency they can't get their stuff together long enough to fight him everybody's separate and weak and they get run over the end uh That'd be so great that, that's yeah that's what should happen right yes uh, because how many of the people have like seen the walker army and stuff uh daenerys and john and tormund and barrack tormund and barrack are not around unfortunately mm. so it's like Danny, John, Jorah. The Hound? Was uh, he there? The Hound fought. Yep, the Hound knows. Mm. Uh, Gendry was there. Mm-hmm. So he saw the undead. They sent him back to get help. So mm. he wasn't there the whole time, but he saw what was going on. So he's definitely a witness. Right. So you still have a bunch of people who yeah. maybe like don't quite get the gravity of the situation. And... If Nick Fury said anything right in the first Avengers, it's uh, until we're sure like the universe is going to end, we're going to continue as though it isn't. <laughs> True. Yeah. <laughs> True fact. Yeah. 
Uh, so, yeah, I, I think, yeah, for most of the people in Winterfell, they don't fully understand what situation they're in until they see the army of the dead and a giant flying undead dragon with a Night King perched on the back flying towards them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's going to be good. I just, I just, I can't get past that. Like, Bran was so specifically warning everybody to stop doing this garbage, and everybody kept doing the garbage the entire episode. <laughs> well, I was going to listen to a kid. I guess these, not. These, these are notable people of importance and in, of high stature among their families. Yeah. Why are they going to listen to a cripple? <laughs> See, it's not even they outright dismiss him. They're like, hmm. Brand said something important that we probably believe in a high level, but not enough to actually change our behavior. Mm, okay. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And probably, uh, there were a lot of funny parts in the episode, but the stinger at the end was, so Brand's h- hanging out in the Winterfell courtyard <laughs> in the middle of winter. Like, it's so cold. He's out there chilling. You've heard this? I- I've seen this clip. Yeah. And he's just, like, ch- hanging out. Somebody comes. Sam's like, hey, man, uh... What you doing out here? He's like, I'm waiting for an old friend. And he's like, oh, that's weird. Keepy and creepy, Bran. And he's out there forever. It's probably days. Like, it's implying that he's out there for a while. Mm. Also, he can be in the courtyard when Jamie Lannister rides up, gets to Winterfell, throws off his hood, looks around, says, yep, basically what I left it. This place sucks. I wonder who else is here. Huh. That guy is in a weird chair. Huh. That kind of looks like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes just go like, what? This is this is not how I wanted to start my journey in Winterfell. Yeah. It's yeah. beautiful. Uh, yeah, so he's going to have a great time with that. The best part is that everybody hates the Lannisters. But the one person who's going to be like, ah, it's cool, is Bran. Because Bran doesn't care about Bran anymore. He doesn't care that Jamie pushed him out a window and crippled him because... He's the Three-Eyed Raven now. He's not Bran Stark. He's not John's little brother. No, sir. He is the Three-Eyed Raven. And f- interestingly enough, he's become no one in a way that Arya never did. Hmm. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't like Bran very much, obviously. <laughs> Nobody likes Bran. No. Nobody likes Bran. He's very extremely unlikable. And then we just have Tyrion, who's been reduced to giving bad advice and trying to defuse situations he has no experience defusing. Like, so they're having this big meeting, and Lyanna um, Mormont, leader of Bear Island, the little girl who's been kicking so much butt recently, uh, is like, hey, stupid. Like, we made you king in the north. We believe in you. You went south when we told you not to, and you came back and bent the knee to this foreign Targaryen queen that we don't know and we kind of hate because she's a Targaryen. Mm. And the Targaryens burned, like, the Starks, burned your parents and, like, your grandparents. And the reason that your dad is dead is, is uh, well, is Targaryens and Lannisters. Anyway, the whole point is, you went south and came back with a southern queen and we hate you for it. Mm-hmm. So everybody's all awkward and on edge. And Tyrion's like, I got this, everyone. And he... Kind of gets up in front of everybody and is like, uh, I, I, I understand everybody's on edge, but my sister will be marching north with a Lannister army to help us soon. Isn't that great? And everyone's <laughs> like, are you kidding me? We just 
Cersei Lannister? What is wrong with you? <laughs> it's amazing. Tyrion is just holding the idiot ball pretty much full time at this stage in the show. Uh, that's unfortunate. I don't know why. It bothers me. <sighs> Didn't. Okay, actually, so I saw some stuff on Twitter. Uh, oh, apparently. Twitter was amazing last night. <laughs> Cersei was disappointed there's no elephants. <laughs> she was so sad. <laughs> So the Golden Company shows up. She's hired them to help with whatever she needs getting done here and betraying everyone. Mm. And she's like, uh, did you bring elephants? And the Golden Company guy's like, well, you know, it's a really bad idea to bring elephants in a long ocean voyage. And she's <laughs> like, oh, I wanted to see elephants. And then later, like even after that meeting, she's like, oh, I really wanted to see the elephants. It's like the most, <laughs> like the most childish, the most... I don't know. Almost the most human Cersei has been in the whole series is just being like, I really wanted to see these cool things. I was really looking forward to it because I don't have TV. And then <laughs> just being utterly devastated that she wouldn't see the elephants. Mm. It was great. And I, I kind of feel like the Golden Company should be straight up with their terms of service. Like, if you'd like to hire us in Westeros, please keep in mind we will not be able to bring our elephants with us across the Narrow Sea. And then yeah. you know. And then you're not disappointed when they show up and they don't have elephants. Hmm. Yeah? Yeah. I think so. So, I'm just wondering... <laughs> if... Historically... How far have elephants traveled on boats? Oh. Oh. Well, I mean, elephants are not native to North boats. America, for example. Oh. <laughs> no, but war elephants were a thing in already complex societies, right? Yeah, uh, in India and Africa, right. Yeah, which reminds me of the uh, image uh, war elephants depicted in Hannibal Barker. That's what that says, crossing the Rhone. And it's an image mm -hmm. of elephants basically on boats. Or not oh, even not, e not even boats. It's like a raft. Right? <laughs> that doesn't seem Right. Um, I mean they they're crossing like they're like crossing a stream, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, but, yeah. But if they can do a stream, if you get a bigger proper boat, I don't see why they can't do uh a slightly small C. Yeah. So I, I am I sending mean, I you the know. image. It's taken a second. But this was 1876 okay. when it was depicted. Draw. Yeah. So 1876 was a... 1876... Oh, it was drawn, but it was talking about Hannibal mm. crossing the the Rhine? It's yeah. German no, I, River. Yeah. Yeah. Look at those guys rowing. What a job that is. Row this raft. There's an elephant on it and like a hundred people. Mm-hmm. Sweet. On it. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if they could well, have rowed the elephants. <laughs> right. I mean here's my thing. It's not I call it a narrow sea. It's not that small. You can still have huge storms on it and huge swells and waves, and I just feel like elephants would get pretty panicky. Mm. And at that point, you're dealing with a huge storm and a panicky elephant. And maybe the risk just isn't enough, you know? Maybe. Uh, my theory is that they didn't want to have to CGI 
undead no. elephants when the Night King eventually arrives. <laughs> arrives you know? <laughs> it's like, it's Raising not worth it. undead elephants? Oh my gosh. That'd be so cool. Yeah. I mean, well, and considering the fact they probably wouldn't get real elephants to film with, they'd have to CGI the live elephants as well. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, fr- uh, frankly, when you're, like, supposedly teaming up with someone who has dragons, you're basically just bringing dinner. Right? <laughs> it's like... There's- uh, it's a... F- Dragons are just going to eat the elephants. It's a fair point. I mean, Daenerys does say very pointedly the dragons eat whatever they want. Because mm. Sansa, okay, we're talking about Sansa in a second here, but she's like, in fairness, how are we going to feed this army you just brought and these two dragons? And she's like, by the way, what do dragons eat? And Daenerys looks over and goes, whatever they want. It's like, dang, Daenerys, you are flexing hard in this episode. Uh, Yeah, I think there's definitely a need for that because everyone's still playing their stupid games. So it's like you have to put on a bit of show and flex a little. Yeah, but I guess it's not. But at the same time, it is true. It's like she can't tell them not to eat something. (laughs) The dragons. Uh, Remember that time that they barbecued and ate that little shepherd daughter, shepherd kid over in Marine? And she was like, snap. I got to put them in timeout for that. Yeah. But they're bigger now. They are. And they're but hungrier I mean, they're, now. Sure, but they're not eating people. You don't know that. <laughs> well, oh, actually. So one of the scenes here is the Dothraki, like a couple of them write up and give the report on what the dragons have eaten today. Oh, okay. And they're like 13 goats, like six deer, like all this stuff. Okay. And you're like, dang, that's a lot. And Daenerys is like, they're hardly eating at all. And it's like, oh man, how are they going to feed these dragons? They're going to depopulate the entire north of every bit of wildlife there is. It, yeah, it's possible. Um, yeah. But at no point were they like, and three shepherds, right? Maybe they're just not reporting it because they don't want to be like... Like, they know that she's like a visiting dignitary, and they're like, yeah, by the way, your dragons eat... Four locals that might cause a, sl- a sight, like a, a scene, you know? Or maybe they know Daenerys would be upset about it, and they're just trying to prevent her from having heartache. They're like, she gets really upset when the dragons eat people, so we're just not going to tell her. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I could see that. Good job, Dothraki. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so back to Sansa. It's, it's a legitimate argument, but let's just look at the logistics real quick. They said... Sansa said they have enough food to feed everybody in the north, basically, for a year. Oh, that's not it's really a, enough. It's a, okay, but hang on. It's a ton of food. But the Night King is like four days away. <laughs> so here's what you got to do. You got to feed everybody there for four days, and then either the Night King murders you all and raises your dead corpses to serve him forever, or you win and Daenerys goes back home south. Oh. You don't have to feed him forever. Or, since it's winter, and you win, and then don't have enough food to last the, like, six-year winter. Yes, but that's a problem regardless, right? Yeah, You're yeah. gonna run out of food anyway, even if there are 10,000 Unsullied and three dra- or two dragons around. Mm, maybe. So her concern is invalid. That's all I'm saying. It's a <laughs> fine concern, but if you really think it through, it doesn't make any sense. It's like, what? Sansa, well, Night she... King, close. We're not sitting here for four months waiting for him to show up. Uh, hmm. But what if, like, you're expecting to win and you lose 50 people, yeah. then you can feed everyone there for two years? 
right? What? If half your people die in the fight versus the Night King, and you have enough food to feed everyone for a year, half your people die, you now have enough food to feed everyone for two years. Yeah, yeah, so that's great. Problem solved. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so stop whining about food, Sansa. Everything's going to be just fine. Yeah, and if, you know, what comes to us, you can eat each other. Exactly. People are delicious. That's what I hear. Yeah, I mean, that's the rumor anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what else? Uh, oh, Arya and the Hound had a wonderful reunion. It was fantastic. Like, the, <laughs> the Hound is like... You left me for dead. And Arya's response is, yeah, after I robbed you. It was fantastic. <laughs> I loved yeah. it so much. It's It was all the subtext. Like, it was just like, I hate you. I hate you too. But the subtext is like, oh, I'm happy to see you again. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm proud of you. Bye. Mm. It was such a great little interaction. Yeah, it was nice. It was. I mean, if they had done something stupid, the Hound is like legitimately said, like, I'm happy to see you. I'm glad you're fine. Like, that would have made no sense at all. So I'm glad they nailed this. It was important. Mm. Yeah. Ari and the Hound relationship is a weird one, but I like it a lot. Mm. Uh, that uh, behind the scenes thing I linked to actually said, well, it showed because it's in that video. Uh, yeah. George Lucas was there, like, what? helping direct to that what? episode. What? <laughs> yeah, he, they were they were just like, "Hey, George Lucas, want to come hang out on set?" And he was like, "Okay." Okay, was he hanging out on set, or they were like, "We need some help directing, George." You have no, some experience. It was like, "Come hang out on set." Also, you're now the okay. right hand man of the director, so if you want to talk to the guys between scenes and help them with their lines or whatever, you know, give them some directing. But we're not going to credit you. You know, this is where you do it. Like, then they showed him, like, saying something to uh, Jon Snow, being like, ah, I don't think you need to change what you're doing. You know, keep it up. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. I mean, anything that George has directed has the most stiff, horrible acting of anything in the whole world. So <laughs> I hope he didn't give any notes. I didn't, I mean, I didn't notice if he gave any notes, unless he's been giving notes to Bran the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, George, that's crazy. Hmm. So in other news, Cersei basically recruited Bronn to be like, go kill my brothers and I will give you a huge castle, blah, blah, blah. We know the story there. Mm-hmm. So Bronn's heading north and <laughs> she's uh, she doesn't know this, but she's basically like, I need you to kill the only two people in the whole world who you're friends with. So <laughs> that's not going to go very well for her, I don't think. Probably not. No. Probably not. Nope. So yeah, it was just really a setting the table episode. It was reunions. It was reminding people who other people are in the audience. And uh, I don't know at what point there's going to be a huge battle, but I hope, I hope we'll get there. I mean, based on how many episodes there are, it kind of feels like we get the battle of Winterfell sometime in the first half of the season, and then like they lose but fall back, right? Like right. they don't, they don't lose everyone, but they lose Winterfell and fall back to King's Landing. And have to contend with Cersei and the Golden Company. And then the Night King keeps coming. And then at some point they either defeat him or get wiped out. It just feels like the Battle of Winterfell is not... Despite what I just said. It's not we all die or we all live. Now that I'm mm. thinking about just the structure of the season. It has it kind of has to be... It has to be a partial loss, right? Uh, yeah. Either yeah. that or they're okay. planning on... Uh, not... Oh, excuse me. Oh, is that or they're planning on delaying the final battle to like 
it's like the second last episode. It's like each episode is going to be a day, right? Four days away, four episodes, and then a three episode battle. And it's all this infighting and people not taking each other seriously and worrying mm-hmm. about who's in charge. And mustering uh. allies from all corners of the globe, that sort of thing. Yeah. God, that sounds horrible. I don't want that. Either that or that show. <laughs> Sam's going to read a book, right? And he's going to discover some secret magic way to kill the Night King and end winter. And then instead of winters being like six years long or whatever, they'll be what, like six months, right? And you'll see that drift from historical, magical fantasy times into, oh, this is actually just Britain. Yeah, that would be interesting if the existence of the Night King is what creates the super long years long winters. Mm-hmm. And if he's gone, it just turns to regular style seasons again. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'd be be down with that. Yep. That's my theory. Another interesting thing from the episode about the Night King in particular is uh, Beric and Tormund, who, by the way, plot armorly survive being on the wall that Versarian, the undead dragon, knocks down with his fire breath. Are they at that part of the wall? They're up there. They see it happen. And there's this like, oh, we're falling thing. Now they're fine. It's dumb. Okay. Uh, yeah. So they're alive. And they're heading south, right? Because they need to get to Winterfell ahead of the Night King. But they get to uh, one of the houses, another house, the uh, the Umbers. Mm. And the young Lord Umber, who's in charge because his parent or his uncles and dad's dad are all dead, is turned into a white and nailed to the wall inside the keep Mm -hmm. with different like arms of other people creating a Mm -hmm. pattern around him Mm -hmm. spiral yeah 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 Hmm. fun fact they uh they had a person on that wall and they actually set him on fire for the shot (laughs) fantastic that's beautiful yeah yeah, he was in a flameproof suit, right? Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I get it. They, they didn't really burn to death, but that's some pretty good dedication. Yeah. And then Beric stabs him with a flaming sword and everything goes up. Yeah. So they say, Tormund's like, what the crap is this? And Ed, I don't know if it's, if it's Ed or if it's Beric. Somebody's like, this is the Night King sending us a message that he's between us and Winterfell. He got here before we did. Crap. The whole army of the undead is between us and safety at this point. Hmm. So the question is, why is the Night King sending messages? Because to this point, it's been very much, he's a force of nature. He's come to kill everybody. He raises everybody from the dead. He keeps heading south. That's all he is. But there's this, the sending the message, and there's the times that he's had the opportunity to kill John very much and has chosen not to for whatever reason. So there's some choice going on here. He's not just an unreasoning monster here to murder everything. Like There is something else at play here in the Night King's personality or his goals or what he's trying to accomplish here. Hmm. I don't I don't think he's actually sending them a message specifically, right? <laughs> he's just uh, marking his territory? Um, Not so much marking his territory. I think there's something going on. Like, he's obviously doing a ritual of some sort or these symbols mean something to him, right? Yeah. Well, That's... they're children of the forest symbols. Okay. So, <laughs> so a little backstory. The Night King was created by the children of the forest to get rid of the human invaders. Uh, Humanity shows up forever ago. They're breeding like rabbits and deforesting everything. And the children of the forest are like, we need to take them down. 
So they basically kidnapped one of the ancient Stark people and drove an obsidian dagger into his heart at a tree with some magic and turned him into the Night King to please take care of this problem for us. Then they lost control, obviously, and everything went bad. Right. Right. So the Children of the Forest have all this symbology that we've seen in places where the Children of the Forest are, and that's what the Night King is throwing down. Everything he's drawn with human body parts has been a something the Children of the Forest have drawn on a cave wall or carved into a tree or something somewhere else. Okay, but what is the symbol? What is the symbology of that? Yeah, what does it yeah. mean? I don't know. I don't know if the symbols mean themselves, but it's very weird that the thing created by the children of the forest and who turned on them is using, is perverting their symbols for his own purposes. For what end? I don't know, but that's where it comes from. Hmm. I mean, yeah, yeah it's interesting. It is. And I don't know, again, this might amount to nothing. They probably don't have enough time to really get into it. But it is interesting to think of the Night King as something more than just like the mummy. You know what I mean? Just a movie monster that doesn't have any ability to think or decide for himself. He's just following some weird base instinct that means everybody has to die. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there you go. I think that's it. I think that was a good 45-minute recap of episode <laughs> one of Game of Thrones season eight. Almost as long as the episode. Almost. Yeah, I was mad. Like, we're going to have hour and a half long episodes. It's going to be like movies. Pfft, 58 minutes, hour and a half movie my butt. <laughs> I was upset. Uh, I can imagine. Yeah. yeah, but it was good. It was really good. The reunions were fantastic. I needed it. Do you, do you want to know what was not really good in the land of films and TV? Uh, I do want to know. Uh, Hellboy. Hmm. Okay, so did you see the Hellboy from whenever? When it was... Um... Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, yeah when Ron yeah. Perlman was Hellboy. You saw those ones. Yeah, I've seen those. Or, and those are good. They're okay. Yeah, they're not... Like, right. They're not fan. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I saw the first one, and it was fine. It was an incredible cinematography. It wasn't, like, my favorite movie of all time, but it was fine. Yeah, it was okay. fine. So the bar here is not that high, is what you're saying. And it couldn't meet the bar. <laughs> uh, the b- <laughs> no. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, like, what's the perfect analogy for this? And it's, like, Ooh. The, if the bar is, like on the floor because nobody's holding it this hellboy <laughs> still couldn't walk over it <laughs> holy crap that's terrible yeah so it's got david harbour in it which you didn't know but he's the sheriff on um stranger things so i like him a lot he's a cool dude it seems like okay but apparently his hellboy was either well, bad or not enough to save the film uh, i don't know if it has anything to do with him right like okay. when you don't know who the actor is and there's so much like costuming you can't tell it doesn't matter who it is Um, right but how was his acting how was his portrayal of hellboy was it hellboy well yeah all right like it was it's not his fault i I prefer to believe it's not his fault okay it's It's not his fault i I don't think he did anything he wasn't told to right like he didn't you know decide hellboy should have a lisp and that's why it's bad right okay sure i I think anything he did bad he was probably told to do um, hmm. but it the movie starts with like 
It is 507 AD and King Arthur and... Oh, no. Sorry, that's never a good start. Continue. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like King Arthur is meeting a strange witch with his uh, best buddy Merlin on like Pendle Hill underneath an old oak tree. And she's like, you can't stop me, Arthur. Nothing can harm me. And then he pulls out his sword and she's like, oh no, Excalibur. <laughs> Gosh. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's this is not super, a good. This is she's super this dramatic is, about it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> anytime he, you try to tie your modern day story into the like, legend of King Arthur, it's gonna have a bad time. Probably. Uh. So he cuts off her head and then her arms oh. and then oh. buries Sorry. them each in little boxes because that doesn't kill her. Um. But, mm, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Functionally yeah. immortal. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then it's like flash forward to Hellboy. Uh, and I thought it was gonna do. Okay, have you seen Hellboy two? Mm, I want to see. I saw like twenty minutes of it on cable one day, <laughs> but no, not the whole thing. Okay, so it starts off with um, Hellboy being taught the story of the Golden Army, right? Uh, so it starts off showing you the story of the Golden Army and then cuts to him as a child, like, and Professor Broom is just reading him a bedtime story. I thought that was what this is going to be. Nope, yeah. Totally not. He's, it, it just cuts to him in Tijuana and on the phone to his dad being like, don't worry, I'm not going to go drinking. I, and he's like, I've been here before, you know that. And he's like, yeah, that's why I'm telling you not to go drinking. Uh, and he, he basically is sent to track down another agent from the department who was sent to investigate a, like a ring of vampires. And he gets there, walks into like a building and it's like, Oh, this is like a luchador wrestling (laughs) arena. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) And then he realizes that the guy standing on stage is the agent. He was sent to track down just in like a wrestling mask. He decides to become a wrestler. (laughs) <laughs> oh, sure. Like you do. Life choices, you know. Right. And he basically calls Hellboy out and so, so that he has to get into the rest the, the ring. Oh my gosh. Alright, this is not great. And then it turns out that uh, they made him into a vampire. <laughs> Hellboy? No, no, no. The, the agent. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and during the course of the fight, Hellboy throws him up into the air and he lands... Like, on his back, after, like, he transforms into, like, a full bat-winged demon man kind of thing. Right, right. Right, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man and he, land, he lands on one of the pillars, and it impales him through the back. Oof. Is it wooden? <laughs> does it count as a wooden stake? Uh, I think it was metal, and... It, you know, what I'm asking is, does it kill him? It does. Oh, but... Hmm. And okay, the, so we can kill vampires with metal stakes now. Apparently. Cool. <laughs> Uh, he gives some strange prophecy. Like, he's like, uh, the end of the world's coming. Right? Which yeah, is setting, yes. setting up, like, it's him learning about the rest of the movie, basically. Okay. It's very Hellboy for the world to be ending, though. Yeah. 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 Um, so I'm not going to go into every plot point of the movie, because that that would be a lot to do. Uh, needless to say, the movie runs like a child telling a story. It's like... Oh, like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Kind of. It's like, okay, you need to take this person to a cave on like the coast. All right, we're in the cave. All right, now, 
it just like hard cuts to them in the cave and it's like Dang. all right all right merlin's in this crypt all right merlin's here all right he's gonna save the friend all right then he puts him to sleep all right now he's gonna summon excalibur oh by the way hellboy uh everyone thinks king arthur had no kids kids but he did he had a daughter and she had a daughter and then that daughter you know fell in love with a demon and had a kid that kid was you <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> no why would they do this <laughs> I guess if you had the meeting where somebody's like, we should tie this into King Arthurian legends somehow, and nobody was like, no, we can't do this, from there you're just in trouble. No matter what you do, it's not going to get better. Yeah. And wow. I, uh, it, it, like my brother and I, uh, on the like, car ride home, we had some nitpicky stuff where it's like, because he's a history teacher, he's like, 500 AD, that's a little early for medieval King Arthur Legends as well. It's like, you're about 700 years too early for that. Eh, uh, fine, I guess. Yeah. Right. And also, they, they they quoted it as being like 5 or 7 AD or something like that, 514. But they were also like, oh, this witch, she's a 5th century sorceress. And it's like 500 AD, 5th century, really? You couldn't keep that straight? I know. It's confusing. I explained that to my kids the other day, and they still don't get it. <laughs> uh, and it's like, yeah, they're, they're your kids are one thing. They're like right. 11. These are adults right. we're talking about. Yeah. They, these are professional movie makers. Yes. Uh, it's, it's it's a really bad film. It's all, it's, yeah. Super, it, super bad. Sounds like it. Mm, yeah. I won't go see it then. <laughs> I mean, it's fun if you like bad movies. Like, for enjoying mm. the you know, train wreck of a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah. There's literally a scene where a person realizes they can punch ghosts. Alright? Like As they just do. They just reflexively, like, kind of like, ah, punch, and then they're like, oh, looking mm. at their fists. I have gun-punching powers. Gun Ghost-punching <laughs> powers. Punching guns is a power everybody has, I think. Yeah. Not recommended, though. No. No. Yeah, I don't know. I just I don't think I have time in my life to go watch bad movies. I barely <laughs> have enough time for the good movies, to be honest. Well, it's your own fault. Yeah. Speaking of which, though, there is Ye Old Endgame coming up soon. in like a weekish. Well, by the time you hear this, very soon. <laughs> by the time you hear this, it might be out. <laughs> Maybe. Very well, could be, depending on when you listen to it. <laughs> true. True. Yeah. Statistically true. Yeah. Right. So we're looking forward to that, obviously. And uh, if you're unaware, Somicron and I did a watch Infinity War and listen to Somicron and Falcon talk about it like you're there with us episode of the podcast, I guess. I'm not sure what it is, but that's a thing you can listen to and experience yourself if you aren't unaware. Where is it available? I actually don't know. Where is it available, Somicron? I have no idea either. I was meaning to talk to you about this. Ah, like, all right well how, is it available for everyone or is it available for patrons i can never remember i mean it's the first one i might say we make it available to everyone all right cool then it'll just be available by a link in the show notes click now there you go in the show notes i mean somebody asked is it like mystery science theater 3000 and my immediate response was we are not nearly as clever as those guys <laughs> so no no no, but it is us having a conversation just like this one while watching uh, Infinity War. 
and mm. I think it was good. We had a lot of good insights and made fun of some stuff and <laughs> got emotional yeah. about some other things. And I don't know. Check it out. I think it was a really fun time. Yeah, it was, it was definitely fun. Um, I will say this. We do discuss when to press start because yeah, <laughs> the versions we were watching were different lengths. And so we had to like... Well, we can't just trust that the beginning's the same. We had to <laughs> find a place and we'll tell you when to start the film. So just start listening and then get the movie ready and then listen yeah, along the, with it. Yeah. The timestamp is utterly useless. Do you know, yeah. We couldn't use timestamps at all. Yes, that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yep, yep. Anyway, looking forward to that immensely. This has been one heck of a month for media. Mm-hmm. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones came back after a year and a half. One Punch Man came back after like five years, I want to say. Mm-hmm. When was season one? I gotta look at this real quick. One Punch! <laughs> Let's see. One Punch Man season one came out in 2015? Oh my gosh! Four years ago. Almost four years ago. Fall 2015 is when this ran. Hmm. And then season two, spring 2019. <laughs> Holy crap. That's a long time. I mean, yeah. and I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it in 2015. I watched it in... 2018? Uh, maybe 2017. Okay. So not that long ago, but still a very long time. It's been a, it's been a long time between seasons. I can yeah, actually I tell you the exact date Ooh. I first watched what? One Punch Man. Because I woke up early Christmas Day because I can't sleep past 4 a.m. Uh, and uh, so I bought it <laughs> on the Microsoft Store and started watching it at my dad's nice. house. That's for you. I mean, I think Christmas is a good time to watch One Punch Man, honestly. Yep. That's great. Yep. It's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. So I'm so happy it's back. I watched the first episode. It's on Hulu in America. I don't know where you watch it. Probably the Microsoft Store where everything else is in Australia. Uh, no, it's not there at the moment. So. Oh. Do you have I'm... access to it at all? I don't think so. Oh, my gosh. Why does everyone hate Australia so much? No idea. I... <laughs> Okay. Well, I'm not. I won't say anything about it, other than I was worried about the new animation team doing a poor job with One Punch Man's style and everything. But it's fine. It's different, but it's not so different that it sucks. Mm-hmm. Nor is it so different that stuff's unrecognizable. So it's fine. I was a little bit weird for the first five minutes or so, but then I totally adjusted to it. I'm not going to worry about it anymore. No, fair. And the writing's always. It's the same team. It's the same people writing it. So there's no problems with that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, it's beautiful. I do. I'm going to spoil one thing, so okay. cover your ears if you don't want the season two, episode one, minor point of One Punch Man to be spoiled. So remember Speed of Sonic Sound or Speed of Sound Sonic? I have my ears covered. I can't hear. Oh, <laughs> I'm kidding. Right. I'm kidding. Yes, I know Speed of Sonic. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. So remember how thoroughly One Punch Man hands Mr. Sonic's butt to him every time they've ever interacted. Strictly speaking, the first time was not his butt. It was not. It was his balls. Um, and so here's the thing. You would think Mr. Speedo Sound Sonic would remember these interactions and be like, I'm going to stay away from that guy. He's scary. No! He's actively hunting down Saitama because he wants to fight him again. Hey, he's he a crazy person. He wants his revenge. <laughs> he does. He does. But, I mean, it's one thing where... I kind of felt like I did a couple things wrong during the fight and I lost, but I've gotten faster and better and I'm smarter about things and this time I can do it. No, it was, I had no chance in that fight at 
any point. I thought I did. I was wrong. Let's do that again. It's a much different experience. Hmm. Okay. That's all. Yep. yep. Yeah. So um, I kind of gave up on the sports minute, but um, strangely enough, it seems like Somicron is the person who wants it back. So do we is do there it? a sports story you want to talk about, Somicron? No. What about the one? I, I talked to you about it. What, what, what I else know, is but we didn't. We didn't do it on the pod. Yeah, but we don't have to do everything on the pod. Sports was your minute, right? Like, I want you to filter all sports down into the things I want to hear. I thought the idea was you would find a story in the sports world that you were interested in, and then you'd bring it, and we'd talk about it. No, 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 no. I'm not gonna f- like. I'm not going to actively subject myself to sports, right? Mm-hmm. You are you are already submerged in the sports ball, so you will filter the stories and bring them to the show, and then oh, then we'll talk no. about it. I have to find sports stories that are interesting to you. That's no. hard. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, 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 no. didn't, I didn't say it would be easy. Uh, so just for reference, Somicron brought up a story where there was a soccer match and one of the players didn't want to come out and his coach was like, you got to come out. And he's like, I don't want to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was what interested Somicron. So I'm trying to figure out what other similar stories exist in the sports world. I'll think about it. Maybe next time I, we'll do one of these. Okay, now that you've brought it up, right? Yeah. You vastly oversimplified it. It, It's like I sure did. It's not that he didn't want to just come out. It's he didn't want to come out because he knew he was being replaced for the penalty shootouts, which would determine the game of like a championship match. Yeah, and he thinks he's a good shooter guy on the good goalie, good goalie, or whatever. He think he thinks he's gonna win the game for everyone and be hailed as a hero in like this real intense moment. Gotcha. Yeah. That's yeah. The, okay. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's still boiled down to its essence. The coach wanted him to come out. And he didn't want to come out, so he didn't. Yeah, but I mean, I feel like that. Like what you said was not interesting. Proper context <laughs> made it interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right. It gives it stakes. We will let the leader or the leaders, the listeners decide. Those are listeners and readers at the same time. In case you were wondering. Sure. The leaders. We'll get, we'll get this transcribed. Uh huh. Sure. Well. Nope. No, we will not. All right, fantastic. So, yeah, One Punch Man is back. I'm so happy about that. Game <laughs> of Thrones is back. I'm so happy about that. Mm, April is a good month. April 2019. All-time great month for me. <laughs> and it's just because of what you stare at the screen and watch. Yeah. I mean, also, I got to cast WCS Challenger stuff for NA and the EU, which was a lot of fun. Mm, like nine hours of casting or something on a Sunday? Uh, like, I think it was... 10 Saturday and Sunday combined. No, Oof. hang on. Nope, because it was probably closer to 15 Saturday and Sunday <laughs> combined. Well, you did it was a job. lot. Thank you. I, it was fun. What helped a lot is that Laughing Games approached me a while ago. It was like, you want to co-cast this? And I was like, yes. It's so much mm-hmm. to solo cast. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah. It Having good. Having two people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, totally. Got a bunch of new followers, which was great. Got some new subs. Puck subscribed. Uh, he did kind of kind of <laughs> technically because speaking puck is subscribed to my channel yeah technically speaking yeah yeah if you don't know what the story is you should watch my stream twitch.tv slash falcon paladin there we go yeah all right well, you cool. can actually find us tomorrow you sure can it's five times a week you guys it's a lot of streaming yeah 
playing the division, bit. playing StarCraft Two, playing Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Such 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 excitement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, all right. Let's wrap this up. All right, cool. That's going to be it from us. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Falcon Paladin Hour with Somicron and Falcon Paladin. As always, please check out the show notes for links to the Patreon as well as to the merch. If you have a suggestion for the merch store, please hit me up on Twitter or in the Discord server. There's a link to it in the show notes as well. And until next time, as always, thank you for spending one hour with us in your week. And until next time, as always, you take care of yourself. Duddles is the coolest dude I know.